So I was talking with our, a couple of our team members a couple of months ago. I can't remember the context of the conversation, but somehow during the conversation, they told me that time zone is still a thing. I, I'd assumed that like Blockbuster, that time zone had gone with the rise of online gaming and so on. And they said, no, no, still a thing. There are five outlets even in the Perth metro area. Beldivis, Inaloo, Fremantle, Northbridge, and Joondalup. And I was like, you are kidding me. Because I remember time zone. I mean, I was a part of the glory days of time zone. The glory days where you'd walk in to time zone with your pocket full of 20 cent pieces and you would go nut bar, dropping those 20 cent coins in, playing those games, beating your friends. I haven't been to time zone for a couple of decades. So it was no surprise to find out that they no longer accept 20 cent coins, but instead they, you walk in and you get a time zone power card and you load up your time zone power card with credits and you swipe your time zone power card to play games. And you can play such games as Crossy Road, which I really think the inventors of Frogger should have some copyright issues with, but that's just my own personal opinion. MotoGP, which has actually stood the test of time, as has the time zone perennial street basketball. You see, you play these games, you swipe your card, and in some cases, you actually win back some credits. And those credits get credited to your time zone power card. They're called power tickets. And I was like, power tickets? You ain't fooling anyone. Those aren't tickets. They're just numbers on an electronic screen. Mate, I remember tickets. Let me tell you something about tickets. Because back in the glory days, when Stewie Roberts and I, not together, but just being of the same vintage, would, would go to time zone and drop our 20 cent coins in, you would play games, game after game after game until you ran out of your 20 cent coins. And you, you would play uh, such games as uh, Pac-Man, uh-huh, NBA Jam, uh-huh, and Louie's favourite, Mortal Kombat 2. And it's her favourite because she just pushes all the buttons as fast as she can and just hopes to win. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, it seems to be all right. So she, yeah, so, and now, and so then what would happen is you play these classic games and after spending hundreds of dollars, you, you would get thousands of these tickets and you would take them to this little designated counter in time zone and you walk up and you, and you would hand them your thousands of tickets that you spent hundreds of dollars accumulating and they would hand you over a fluffy toy that you can get from the two buck shop for $2. And you think, yeah, I'm working this system. <laughs> yeah, suckers. Tickets. Now, <laughs> inside the walls of time zone, really, these tickets weren't very much. You, you were the sucker. They certainly came out on top of that particular exchange. And let's suppose you figured it out. You figured out that after spending hundreds of dollars to get thousands of tickets, that ultimately translated into a $2 fluffy toy, you were like, I'm out of here. These guys, these guys are just ripping me off. I'm out of here. So you got your tickets and you stormed out. Let's say I stormed out, stormed out of time zone in disgust. 
and never coming back here again. Stupid time zone. I'll show them. And I decide I'm gonna upgrade my Vespa. It's time for a new one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a red one this time. So just on the way home near me is a Vespa dealer. And I walk into the Vespa dealer and I say, uh, hey, I'd like to trade in my current model Vespa and upgrade to a red one. Red ones go faster. Uh, they've got in stock. Yeah, 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 they've got one in stock and they do. There's one in the front window right now. Cool. All right, and, I, and, uh, and they say, how much is that? They say it's uh, $5,000. Okay, $5,000. And they ask me, uh, how are you gonna pay for that? Do you need financing? They said, no, no, mate. I'm gonna give you my tickets. And the guy says, let me just call the manager. But instead of calling the manager, he calls the lunatic asylum and has me escorted out of there. So I'm like, well, okay, maybe they're not worth as much as I thought they were. So I'm a bit ticked off even more now. So I go around the corner to Cafe Gelato. I'm gonna drown my sorrow. I'm gonna medicate myself with a lemon sorbet. I like to live on the wild side. 50cc Vesper and lemon sorbet. There's no stopping me. So I go in and I say, I'll have a lemon sorbet, two scoops. And they say, I know, I know. And I hold back. I'm really ticked off. And, uh, and they say, that's okay, sure, no worries. That'll be uh, $5.70. How would you like to pay? It's a stupid question. How do I like to pay? Um, can't you see? I'm going to use my tickets. She calls the manager. Manager calls the police. Police kick me and my tickets out of the gelateria. And maybe, hopefully, at that point, I realise that these tickets are not actually worth very much inside the four walls of time zone. And in fact, they're worth nothing when I leave that establishment and walk into another. Tickets. The problem is, as followers of Jesus, we can actually start to think that ticket accumulation is the point of the relationship. That uh, we meet somebody and they say, oh yeah, 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 I prayed for an hour today. An hour. Here, mate, you earned five tickets. Oh, I only watched the Disney Channel. Wow, that's pure. You get 20 tickets. I, um, I wear a suit and tie when I turn up to my church on Sunday morning, suit and tie. Suit and tie, you must really love Jesus. 50 tickets. We give them 50 tickets. <laughs> I met a couple first time guests here on Good Friday. And uh, they're in their 50s now. They, they both respectively grew up in churches and, and hadn't been part of a church for many, many years. And some time ago, they decided they were going to, felt God nudged them to get back into a church. So the kind of the only one they knew of was the brand that they grew up in. And so they went to the, to the nearest church of the brand they grew up in. And as they approached the door in their just, you know, civilian clothing, um, the person on the door said to them, before they even got in, said to them, um, you can't actually come in here dressed like that. You need to go home, put on a suit and tie, and then you can come back. In other words, they didn't have enough tickets. They didn't have the right number of tickets to get inside that church. And we can place this disproportionate value on accumulating tickets. 
And yet I'm not so sure that's the aim of the game. Now, I said last week I was going to spin your head around. So let's start that, shall we? I'm also going to start by offending religious people. So if you're a religious person, I'm about to offend you. And if you're not a religious person, I'm going to make sure no religion sneaks under your radar. And you'll know if it has because you're about to get offended. I'm about to offend you if you've got a bit of religion lurking around under your hood. Let me read something that, that, that the prophet Isaiah, now a prophet is someone that speaks on God's behalf. Let me read you something that he said. He said, we're all sin infected, sin contaminated. Our best efforts are grease stained rags. Anybody offended yet? No, it's pretty easy. All right, that's in the message. Message, a bit of a soft swing. So let's, let's, let's take it up. The New International Version, the same thing that Isaiah says, renders the translation this way. All of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Anyone offended yet? All right, let me show you the new English translation. We're all like one who is unclean. All our so-called righteous acts are like a menstrual rag in your sight. Ew, that's just gross. And by the way, if you're offended, it sucks to be you. Don't get offended at me. I didn't write it. God wrote it. So what's that all about? Because you'll notice something here. He's actually calling out our righteous acts, not our unrighteous acts, because we understand our unrighteous acts are filthy. You know, smoking weed, God doesn't like that. Sleeping around with someone you're not married to, He doesn't like that. Gossiping, God doesn't like that, all our unrighteous acts. But, but here's the thing that blows my mind. No, God even says our so-called righteous acts are like a menstrual rag in your sight. And the way that plays out is when you take your tickets that you've accumulated by praying more than somebody else, serving more than somebody else, giving more than somebody else, gossiping less than somebody else, only watching the Disney Channel, never dancing at wedding receptions, let alone doing the splits in public. You, any of those things, you, you, you've got a lot of tickets because you're so good. And, and you, you parade yourself up to God and you say, God, ha, check this out. Look at the tickets I've accumulated. And not only that, God, see that person sitting in just behind me? Tim Fluers. Look at him. Not only have I got a lot of tickets, I've also got more tickets than Tim. So not only am I all that, I'm also better than Tim. And God says, listen, those tickets, they're like a used tampon in my sight. Ew, is this gross? If you open your Elevate app, let me tell you, how it works, you click on the Bible, you'll see a little sentence from something that one of the early church heavyweights wrote, a guy named Paul, wrote to a church in a place called Ephesus. And he said, as far as a relationship with Jesus goes, this is how it works. It's by grace you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves and your ticket collecting. It's the gift of God. Grace. Glorious grace we sang about. Grace, wondrous grace. 
we sing amazing grace. It's by grace you have been saved. I think it's important to, 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 to give you the definition of grace. Like we sing it and we say it, what does it actually mean? It means, one of the best translations that I like is it means kindness from God that we receive that we didn't deserve. It's something that God gives us that we didn't earn, we didn't deserve, and, and we couldn't have got it by ourselves. And a relationship with God was made possible by Jesus, not by collecting tickets. It's not by grace and your tickets that you've been saved. It's not by grace and how much you pray that you've been saved. It's not by grace and how, and how many things you don't do that you've been saved. It's by grace. It's an act of kindness from God given to us that we didn't deserve. The greatest act of kindness given to us by God that we didn't deserve was the gift of His Son, Jesus. And that's how we get saved, not by collecting our tickets. Now, just let me qualify, because I know some of you are thinking, well, does that mean we're not meant to pray and serve and give? No, no, all of those things are important, but they're in response to God's grace, not in an effort to earn God's grace. You understand? Like we're big on all those things. We, our code is that we're contributors, not consumers. We want people to turn up with a shovel, not a shopping cart when, when they're part of Elevate Church. There's a contribution we're meant to make, but it's in response to God's grace, not in an effort to earn God's grace. You understand the difference there? Dave Brunovs does, but he's smart. In fact, you don't even need any tickets to have a relationship with God. You don't need to wear a suit and tie to have a relationship with God. Here's how it works. Uh, I'm gonna apologise in advance for my terrible uh, drawing skills and handwriting skills. So just, you're about to see why I apologise. All right, let's call this the circle of grace. There's locks on these things. Who's the incompetent fool that put this whiteboard up there? Oh, a tradie, figures. Listen, <laughs> tradies look down their nose at me. At least I know to put locks on the wheels. All right, this is the circle of grace. Now the circle of grace, still you're getting a lot of publicity this morning, my friend. Not all of it's good. In the centre of the circle of grace is Jesus. Now let's just say out here are two guys, two people. And this person grew up in a church all their lives and only watched the Disney Channel. This person smokes weed, gets drunk, sleeps around, uh, has been in and out of prison and, and, and has a tattoo. All the things that God don't like. Do you know that, that Jesus is just as interested in this person coming inside the circle as He is with this person coming inside the circle. Because by the way, just because you grew up in a church, just because you go to a church, doesn't mean you have a relationship with Jesus. Relationship with Jesus is saying, Jesus, I wanna put my trust in You. Will You forgive me of my sins? Can I have a brand new relationship with You? Give me a brand new start. You can do that in the context of a church. And by the way, we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that this morning if you haven't already. So don't think that just because you went to a church or part of a church, grew up in a church, that you have a relationship with Jesus. But you can have a relationship with Jesus and He's just as interested in you having a relationship with Jesus as He is with the serial killer having a relationship with Him as well. He wants to get them inside the circle of grace. Now, the approach may be different. 
to getting those two people who have different, uh, let's just say, uh, situations in their life, the approach to reaching them, the approach to getting them inside the circle, it may be different. It may take a different amount of time. It may take a different amount of resources. It, it may, but here's the thing, it doesn't take different is the amount of grace. Both of these people have access to the exact same amount of grace because Jesus didn't just die to make good people better or bad people good. He, made, he died and rose again so that people that didn't have a relationship with Him can have access, can step inside the circle. So it's not by our tickets, it's by His grace that we get to step inside the circle. And by the way, over time, as we journey, we can actually journey closer and closer to Jesus. And by the way, some of the things that we've associated with ticket collecting, they can actually be things that God uses to, to see us come closer to Him. I feel very close to Jesus, more close to Him when I actually give because it's an act of worship. Some of you, you feel close to Him when you sing and sing because that's an act of worship. So these things, but they're, but they're not designed to earn tickets. They're a response to His grace at work in our lives. And they can be things that Jesus can use to see us get closer to Him. You all keeping up? It's good, hey, whiteboard. Some of you didn't even know that I could write. And who? Oh, me, no, yeah, I didn't take it to see it. Um, I've just memorised everything, where everything goes. I'm writing it in Braille. Um, but here's, the, here's the, the thing, and, and some of you may have seen this happen if you've been orbiting churches for some time, is sometimes over time, people inside the circle can forget how they got there in the first place and can start to think that it was by their efforts and their doing that and not doing that that got them inside the circle. And, and, and Jesus wants to remind every single one of us every single day that the only reason we're inside the circle is because of His grace that enabled us to get there, His gift of salvation, His gift of dying for us. That's what got us inside the circle. And, and, if, we can, and if we forget that, it can lead us to, to the danger of comparison. I am quite possibly height to weight ratio, the worst basketball player on the planet. I was telling this to Super Steve on Friday. He just sort of chuckled because he, he, he's a baller. He can do it. I said, I'm the worst, the, the worst, like pound for pound, high for the worst. He, he's like, yeah, sure. You know, you're pretty sporty. No, yeah, not basketball. Uh. But if I wanted, and I know that about myself, and it's, it's cool. My NBA aspirations died long ago. Um, but, but if I wanted to feel better about my basketball playing, uh, all I'd need to do is get one of the kids from Toddlers at 11 o'clock to meet me in Hall 2, Levi Judd, he's two years old. I get Levi and, and I take him in, we've got a basketball hoop set up in Hall 2, and I go one-on-one -on -one with Levi. Now I'm gonna miss probably 98 out of the 100 shots that I throw, but Levi's gonna miss 100 out of the 100 and I'm gonna win four points to nil, and I'm gonna think, <laughs> well, compared to Levi, I'm a baller. And then LeBron walks in and says, hey, Mark, got time for another one? Maybe let's just play horse. See, you, we can feel very good about ourselves if we're here 
and we compare ourselves to the person here, or even if we wanna make ourselves feel even better, to the person out here. But the only person we're meant to compare ourselves with is this person here. Are we becoming more like him every single day? Instead of walking around with your tickets, letting everybody know how valuable you are, let's walk around with the message of Jesus, letting people know how valuable He is and how valuable His gift of grace is in their lives. And a close cousin in this context of comparison is condemnation. One of the, one of my favourite podcast, my favourite podcast, apart from the Elevate podcast, which I don't listen to, by the way. Let me listen to myself. Um, my other favourite podcast is called The Relevant Podcast. And, uh, and uh, they have a podcast, they have a magazine, they put some really you know, cool content out on Facebook. Um, they published an article uh, a couple of weeks ago. And the article was called, What Autocomplete Says About Christians. Now, I'm, we'll have this article posted to Elevate Church Facebook page, uh, scheduled for 7pm tonight, and I encourage you to have a look. It's quite... Um, confronting in, in all the right ways. Now, I don't use Google, uh, but those of you that do, you could try this at home. Um, if you were to type in Christians, this is what autocomplete suggests, suggests that the, the number one most searched for Christians are, result comes up as before you finish typing the sentence. If you start typing, why are Christians... And also, uh, people seem to have a curious fascination with the um, bacon consumption uh, habits of Christians as well. I don't know what that's all about. But um, let's go back to the second one. Why are Christians so mean? You know why, why some people think that Christians are so mean? I'll tell you why. It's because... We have a global reputation, the people that are inside the circle, of yelling at the people outside the circle for not acting like the people who are inside the circle. Which by the way, in that moment, that person that's yelling at the person outside the circle is actually acting like someone way out here in my estimation. The people that weren't like Jesus actually liked Jesus. Figure that one out. If you don't like Christians, we're probably representing Jesus a little bit incorrectly. And one of the ways we represent Him incorrectly is condemnation, is by telling outsiders that they should start acting like insiders. And Jesus never said that. He said, come follow me. He didn't say, go and stop smoking weed, then come follow me. Go end your cohabitation status with your de facto and then start following me. Stop listening to Dr. Dre lyrics, dropping the F-bomb every second line. And then you can come inside the circle. He said, come follow me. You don't need any tickets. You don't need to start acting differently to get inside the circle. You get inside the circle and then my influence, my transforming power over time will work in your life, will give you the strength, will help you get past some stuff that yeah, isn't God's best for your life. But you don't start the cleanup act and then come to Jesus. You start following Jesus and He starts getting the other stuff 
in line. It's not about the tickets. It's about stepping inside the circle. 